0: Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen and we hope that this blesses you in some way.
1: grace of Jesus greater than all my sin how shall my tongue describe it where shall its praise begin taking away my burden setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus The matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountains, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scopes of my transgression, seeing it, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus. Praise His name. Wonderful grace of Jesus, Reaching the most defiled, By its transforming power, Making Him God's dear child, Purchasing peace and heaven, The matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgression, seeing it, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus. Praise his oh magnify name. Oh magnify the precious name of Jesus Praise His name Years I spent in vanity and pride caring not my Lord was crucified knowing not it was for me there was multiplied to me family Eric, will you lead our evening prayer? shall know him, by the prints of the nails in his hands. A beautiful old song. Will you stand, please, choir? Oh, church, arise. This is new to many. Um, I hope that to change soon. Um, the, the text in the song is really, really impactful, and um, it's, a, it's a declaration. Oh, church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain.
2: Will you join us as we sing?
1: Our Captain, for now for weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield. to rage against the captor, and with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. as the Son of God is stricken and see his foes I crushed beneath his feet for the conqueror has risen and as the stone is rolled away and Christ emerges from the grave this victory march continues till the day every eye. Is Heart shall see him. So, Spirit, come, will strengthen every stride, give grace for every hurdle, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful. As saints of Christ we stand in as saints of old still line the way. life to follow everything i believe in now i surrender salvation He rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave Just the ladies we sing. Told you she was supposed to sing last week. Unforeseen circumstances preventing her from being in the church. You got her tonight. Amen. Okay? Yeah. All right. The song, um, Jesus, Draw Me Ever Nearer. Uh, beautiful. That's all I can say about it.
3: strong At the end of my heart's testing With your likeness Let me wake Jesus, guide me Through the tempest Keep my spirit aid and assured, when the midnight meets the morning, let me love you even more. May this journey bring a blessing. And at the end of my heart's testing With your likeness let me wake May the treasures of the trial Form within as I go at the end of this long passage. Let me leave them at your throne. May this journey bring a blessing and may I And at the end of this long passage, with me in darkness, let me wake. May this journey bring a blessing. And at the end of my heart's testing, with your likeness, let me wake. With your likeness, let me wake.
0: Amen and amen. It's good enough my wife decided to leave, not listen to the preacher. (laughs) She said it's got nowhere to go but down from that, Amen. You gonna hung me when I get done preaching or You know what's not fair? They're all kin, and they they can just do that any night they decide to. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. This evening we get the pleasure of diving back into the book of James. And this evening we'll be focusing on only one verse. Only one verse this evening. We are cruising to a conclusion of this series in the book of James, Faith in Action. And we maybe have two, possibly three messages left, and we will be finished with James's epistle. So that being said, uh, we will continue to go through books of the Bible, taking chunks and sections of the larger books, uh, on Sunday evenings as I have been so convicted uh, by the Lord that the best thing I can do for you as your pastor is to systematically go through the Word of God, that we would systematically dissect uh, the Word of God. And so going through books on Sunday evenings gives us a chance to do that together. We can uh, build context for the book so that when we get ready for the next section of Scripture, we've already preached through the one before it and kind of build and get the idea of what the writer was, was getting, what God Uh, Would have for us through there. So that being said, I'd like to open it up to you a little bit. So if you have a particular book of the Bible that you would like for us to go through on Sunday evening, mention it to me. Now I make no promise it'll be the next book we go through. It takes a little time uh, to prepare them. But if you have a book of the Bible that you would like for us to go through on Sunday evenings, let me know uh, and and we'll we'll see what we can do to make that happen. I like to, to know what you're interested in and what you're interested in traversing through together. So, uh, so I just wanted to put that out there, and I figured right now was as good a time as any to have all of your attention, because most of you will be asleep when we get to the end. So just wanted to get that out there. James chapter 5, verse 12, what is your word worth? What is your word worth? Let's stand, if you're able, in honor and reverence of the holy words of our holy God from James chapter 5. Verse 12, but above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. Let's pray. Father God. God, as we travel through this one verse tonight together, I pray you bless the teaching of your word. God, I thank you for your presence in our service already. God, I realize that your presence among us is a gift, and we thank you for that. God, I pray that any spirit that's in this place that would hinder our worship would be escorted right out the front door that it came in at this moment, and that for the next few minutes, we would give you all of our attention and that we would glorify you with the worship of your word. And it's in your precious name that we pray as all God's children send. Amen. And you may be seated. Think back to when you were a child. For some of you that's going to be difficult, but try your best. Think back to when you were a child and you were trying to convince someone that what you were saying was the truth. Think about that. You were saying something to somebody and you were trying your best to convince them that what you were saying was the absolute truth. Did you ever make this statement? I swear to God. Or maybe your parents would like mine and if you made that statement, you'd have a red backside and you learned not to say that and you might swear by something else. I swear on the Bible. Or maybe... Your parents were like mine, and you didn't say that either. But I did say a bunch of times, cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. would make that oath as I made a statement, reiterating that what I was saying was the truth, and if what I wasn't saying was the truth, you could stick a needle right in my eye. Now, those of you who pretended that you never did any of that, You're lying. You swore on something. But the idea in those statements was I'm going to add this oath to these words I'm speaking. I'm I'm going to reiterate the words that are coming out of my mouth with some kind of promise so that you might realize that what I'm saying is the absolute truth. Now, I realize those were children's oaths, but as adults, we still make oaths, don't we? I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. This statement is made in court. The idea is what? No matter what I may have said on this matter before, no matter what may come out of my mouth on this matter later, these words that I say in this courtroom, I am telling you that they are the 100% honest truth. Sometimes we make oaths. To join an organization, one organization's oath says, I bind myself under no less a penalty of having my throat cut. That's actually in the oath statement of an organization that I found. Swearing before God that if I don't uphold the oaths of this organization, I would rather kill myself than to do that to this group. You know the big problem, though, with those oaths that we may. Swear Those things that that we do like that, they really don't change the heart of the man that said them, do they? They're just words, aren't they? They don't change the heart of the man. The man is either going to keep his word, or he's not. And and the oath that he made didn't change his heart condition. And, And in fact, I would even say the harder and the more passionately and the more vehemently that someone would swear their oath the more it reveals the lack of their credibility to begin with. I've got to, I've got to lay it out there and make this statement and swear on everything under heaven because in my life I've been so dishonest that nobody's going to believe me otherwise i got to put something out there so people will buy into it. And this issue is not an issue that's new. It's an issue that was prevalent in church history. It was an issue that was prevalent among the church in which James is writing as he comes to this verse. He's making this transition and he says quite directly to those, he says, Stop swearing. Stop swearing by God's name. Stop swearing by heaven. Stop swearing by earth. Stop swearing. And historically and certainly in today's time, we would say that people are dishonest and feel the necessity to swear by an oath to add credibility to their statement. And James was writing to them and he's writing to us equally applicable today. If you need to swear by an oath, then you're dishonest because your word should show whose who's you are. Are you a child of God and a child of the truth or are you follower of the father of lies? Your word, what's it worth? Your word, what is it worth? Because it is a reflection of who you belong to. Notice with me as James starts here in verse 12. He says this one big word, but. But. Now we've learned that that is what what I like to call a transition word. So it's making a transition into kind of a new thought. And so we got to look, what transition is it making? Well, sometimes that word is used to connect this thought to the thoughts before it. We've learned that as we've studied the Bible together. Sometimes it says, da-da-da-da-da, but, and then it ties them together with that but, and it's kind of of contrasting those things. Here, though, that's not really what's happening. You have kind of, through verse 11, you have one thought, And then he says, but, in verse 12, and really verse 13 starts a whole new thought. So it's almost like this one verse kind of stands alone. So really that but is not so much a transition to time together, but a but that could almost be replaced by the word now. It's almost like if you read through this, you'd finish verse 11, and then you would say, now above all. James is calling your attention to this one sentence to really bring our attention to it. So now Above all. And James is closing his letter out. And it's kind of like he's making some statements as he gets to the end of his letter. And he's saying, now. And it shows us that this is a separate thought. And then he says, above all. And what's he doing there? Well, what's your tendency as you read, particularly through a long letter? Anybody ever get any long letters? We used to get these letters in my family that were from family that we didn't see, so they were like newsletters. And there were some people that would send these out. Now, in my family, we didn't have much to talk about. Our letter was about a paragraph long. It said, you know, hey, we got a new dog, and uh, we still live in Lebanon, and amen. But some people's letters, I mean, they told you what they ate for supper in March. You know what I mean? It was a long letter. And I don't know about you, but by the time I get to the end of that long letter, I didn't really care what they were saying anymore. And if they threw a PS in there, I just kind of figured that was an afterthought, and I didn't need to pay it no mind to begin with. If they didn't think enough to put it in the main letter, it didn't matter. What James is doing here is he says, I know your tendency. You've read through this letter. It's been a tough letter. I've challenged you. I've pointed to a lot of things. And you're likely to see this one sentence... And decide it's not important and move on. But now, above all, I need to distinctly point to you what in the world this is pointing out is important. I need you to pay attention. Now, above all, this is a command with a distinct priority and we need you to listen up. Now, if you've been through us, through this book with us, if, you, if you've come to very many of these messages on the book of James... You really shouldn't be shocked that as James puts a verse in here about our tongues that he would call distinction to its important. Hey, this is a message about your speech, about the words you say. Above all, I need you to listen to this. I need you to pay attention. Because James, throughout this letter, has done what? He has said to us this. Your words are a window to your heart. They tell me whose You are. Because if you're a child of God, your words will sound a certain way. And if your words sound differently, it could be a reflection of a heart that's never been transformed. So a few quick reminders, because I know some of you are thinking, I don't know what you're talking about, Brother Jason. I knew that would be the case, so I said I'm going to remind a few people. We're going to jog your memory, so to speak. Remember back in chapter 1, verse 26. James said anybody that thinks himself religious but doesn't bridle his tongue deceives his own heart and his religion is worthless. Basically saying there you you, you can say whatever you want to say and pretend to be worshipping but if with that same tongue you give evidence that you Aren't really a child of God, you, you throw up a false worship here and then you go and you say these other things, then it's evidence you don't have a changed heart. You must not really belong to God. You wouldn't be able to do that. Chapter 2, verse 12, James says that we act with our tongues as those who are judged by the law. We give evidence of our transformation in the words that we speak. Chapter 3, verse 9, chapter 3 gives us nine verses in verses 2 through 11 on the tongue. Chapter 4, verse 11, he says, don't speak against one another because he who speaks against the law and judges the law, you're not a doer of the law. You've become a judge of it. Remember, that's where uh, James was writing and he pointed out, hey, watch how you speak against your brother. Because if you speak judgment against your brother, you've essentially made yourself God. You've said you have the right to judge that man. And so it's no surprise at all that as James deals with the tongue, he says, now... Above all. So he distinctly writes to us and calls our attention, but then he gives us that restriction, doesn't he? He focuses specifically on the subject of swearing. He says, now, above all, my brethren, do not swear. Now, if you're like me, when you first read through that, and you see the word swear, you begin to think of uh, profanity and cursing, and any number of things starts to run through your head. But that's not really what James is speaking of here. He is specifically speaking here of our oath-making, our promising in the sense that we had made so many oaths. The church in that time, these people, they had made so many promises. They had sworn by so many things that it kind of watered down even their oaths were not important anymore right you you know that how many of you have kind of remember the kid in school that, that told so many stories that before long even when he said i promise i'm telling you the truth this time you just really didn't care right and some of you know some adults that that you've dealt with that maybe have kind of been the same way and that's what james is really saying here don't stop swearing Stop swearing you're swearing. It doesn't mean anything anymore. You swear about everything. You find it necessary to to add to your word by swearing, and this is not something that you shouldn't do. Now, I want to be clear. James is is not telling us that all oaths we shouldn't make. I, I mean, a couple of examples. One I gave earlier was the oath in the courtroom, right? James would never tell us as Christians to go into the courtroom and say, hey, I refuse to take this oath to tell the truth in a matter of the law. Another oath that we make is when we stand before our friends and family and join in Holy matrimony. We make an oath at that point to love and to protect and to hold and to remain together. We make that oath. But in this culture, we have a tendency to swear by things when it's really not that important, don't we? To kind of, hey, I want to add to what I'm saying. And that's really what James is talking about. So where does James even get this idea? Well, I mean, James writes this, this letter to the Christians, and so where does he get his thoughts? Where is he coming from? Well, if you'll remember when we started in the book of James, we said that James is really written almost as a commentary to the Sermon on the Mount. The greatest evangelistic sermon that was ever preached by the greatest evangelizing preacher that ever walked on this earth Jesus Christ, when he stood in Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 8 and gives us his sermon on the mount. And in chapter 5, verse 33, Jesus tells us this. He says, you've heard it said of those of old. That's, he's talking about the rabbis. You shall not swear falsely, but perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, it is the footstool. By Jerusalem, it's the city of the great king. Do not take an oath by your head. You cannot make one hair white nor black. And so in that day, the people had gotten into a habit of swearing. And so here's, here's, what, it, here's what was happening. They would swear by things as a symbol of truth, but they wouldn't keep them oaths, and they would use this trickery. They said, well, technically... In the old law, it says that I've got to do anything. The ancient rabbi said what? Don't swear falsely, but perform anything to the Lord that you've sworn. So they would say, "This." well, I didn't really swear by the Lord. I didn't swear by the Lord, so it's not really that big a deal if I break this oath. The law by its letter says "Don't, don't falsely make an oath swearing unto the Lord. But if I swear unto heaven... Well, I didn't really swear unto the Lord. Uh, if, if, I, if I swear unto Jerusalem, I didn't really swear unto the Lord. If, if I swear by my own children, if I swear by something earthly, I didn't really swear by the Lord. And so I'm okay. I can get away with it. I can swear by those things. And as long as it wasn't the Lord, I didn't really break the law. Jesus, though, in Matthew 5 and James, here in James chapter 5, echo the same instruction and the same response to that line of thought. He says, don't swear, not by heaven, not by earth, not by any other oath. Don't swear by those things. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, takes it any further when he says, you can't swear by heaven. That's the throne of God. You can't swear by Jerusalem, that's the city of the king. You can't swear by the earth, it's the footstool of God. And basically what what is being pointed out there is this. Whatever you try to take your oath by, to, to kind of pull this trickery so that you can break the oath because you didn't technically swear to the Lord. Whatever you try to put your oath upon, it's holy because it was created by God. It's holy because it belongs to God. So you're, you're kind of ticky-tack splitting hairs there. Well, I didn't really say I swear by God. Yeah, but you swore by heaven, and that is, his, that is his footstool. That is his throne, excuse me. That is his throne. You can't swear by anything because he created all of it. And you can't get away with that. So what is the best combat? To this. What is the best combat to this? Tell the truth. Don't you love that James is pretty simple and Jesus also pretty simple as in instructions? Hey, don't swear. I got a novel thought for you, though. Tell the truth. And if you'll be a truthful person, you won't have to swear by anything for people to believe you. When you say something people will believe it because you've always been truthful let your yes be yes let your no no don't be wishy-washy don't 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 say yes to brother Danny and then turn around and not do what you said yes If you say yes, then you ought to do whatever is within your power to make sure you do what you said you were going to do. And I've got a novel idea, and this is not necessarily part of the sermon. This is just part of the good walking around sense. If you say yes, you'll do something, and you don't do it, own it. Don't make an excuse. You will find that more often than not, people are willing to say, I understand, I've made a mistake too. Just own it. Where do we get in trouble as deceitful people? It's when we make our yes, our yes, and then we don't do it, and then it comes back around, and we say, Well, I was, I was going to, but, 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 and then you blame somebody else. Say, Listen, my word is my bond, and I am so sorry that I broke my bond to you. It, it won't happen again under my power. And like I said, more often than not, you'll find that's good enough for most people. And guess what? For the people that it's not good enough for, it's just not good enough. Nothing you can do about that. So he says, how do you make sure that you don't break the oath? Don't make it to begin with. Don't make this oath. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. But then James closes out verse 12 with some challenging words that we need to remember. Lest you fall... Into judgment. What in the world is James even talking about? Lest you fall into judgment. Revelation 21 8 says, But as for the cowardly and the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. Revelation 22.15 says that standing outside the kingdom are the murderers, the sexually immoral, the idolaters, and those who practice falsehood. So what do the dishonest inherit? The lake of fire and sulfur. That's the condemnation that James is talking about. Let your yes be yes, your no, no. Be truthful, because the words you say are a window to your heart. And if the words you say are dishonest, it reflects that you may not have a regenerated or a transformed heart. And if you don't have a heart that has been transformed, then hell is your eternity. So your yes should be yes. And why does James write this? Why did he write the whole letter? What have we been talking about the whole time that we've been going through James? It is a challenge to us to test our faith. And this test says this, what is your word worth? What's it worth? Now, I want to be clear. Not every believer is going to tell the truth 100% of the time. We will tell untruths, we will fail. Chapter 3, James is clear, he says, the one that bridles his tongue and controls his speech all his time is perfect. The Word of God tells us that none of us are perfect. But what is the consistent nature of your Word? If it is untrue, if people wouldn't consider you honest, if you look at yourself and say, you know what? More often than not, the things I say are not the things that I do. then you need to ask yourself, why? Where's my faith? Because the Word of God says that a believer will say words that reflect that they have a transformed heart. And those words will be truthful. Let's pray. Father God, God, as we go through James, this wonderful letter that you inspired and that you gave to us, we have no choice but to be challenged to our hearts. And So God, this evening as we've looked at this one simple verse... My prayer is that we have all been challenged to ask ourselves this one simple question. What is my word worth? What's my word worth? But bless God, no matter the answer we come up with. You are a gracious and merciful Father. That if we have to stand and say, I need to work on this. I swear by oaths. My yes isn't always yes. My no isn't always no. You're a gracious Father. Give us the courage to lay that at your feet. And say, I want my words to reflect my heart. And I want my heart to reflect Jesus. And God, whatever other burden that may be in the house tonight. God, I pray you would convict And that your children would lay their burdens down. Because you're a good father. You love us. And you want to hear from us. So God, you do a work in our lives. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.